Okay, welcome to the Family Law Now podcast. I'm Russell Alexander. We have another interesting topic today. It's another back-to-school case during the pandemic and whether the court should order the child to attend school in person. Uh, We did a recent uh, podcast on this topic with our Chase v. Chase um, decision. It's gotten a lot of traction. Lots of lawyers, lots of parents are really concerned about this issue right now. We've got our guest back today, Michelle Melcham. Welcome back. Thank you, Russ. Uh, celebrity rock star Bill Rogers is joining us <laughs> from Soul Custody. That's right, Russ. Thank you. Get a good plug in there. It's good to be here. <laughs> our managing associate lawyer, Nafisa Nazarelli here. Hello. Um, so, Michelle, let's get into it. What case do we have up today? So today we have Joaquin versus Joaquin, and uh, this was also a Superior Court of Justice case. The interesting thing about this case is it was heard in August, August 24th, but they didn't release it to the public until September 9th. So we're getting it a a little bit late, but otherwise. um, It took place via Zoom teleconference, like a lot of our cases are and motions are happening right now. And this case was really interesting because there was an existing order and the order gave the parties um, equal parenting time on a 5-5-2 basis, so basically splitting up the week. And what happened with custody was that the parents had joint custody with everything except for medical decisions. So education was a decision that the parents had to make jointly. So the respondent mother brought this motion, it was an urgent motion, and she was seeking for the court to grant her um, sole decision-making over education and also to suspend or to reduce dad's parenting time. Not surprisingly, dad brought a cross motion and he was also seeking to reduce mom's parenting time. And the big issue was, what do we do about the kids and uh, going back to school? So dad wanted the kids to go back to school in person. Mom wanted the children to go back to school with remote learning. But the facts of this case were the really interesting part of it. So um, the applicant, sorry, the respondent mother had, has a partner and the partner is severely immunocompromised to the point where he was actually off work from the December prior to COVID happening. So this wasn't a staged event. This wasn't something that um, you know was brought on after COVID. Clearly, it was an existing condition. Right. And um, they also have a 15-month-old child, so a very young one. And mom's position was that it would be too hard on the common law partners system to have the kids back in the school system and the germs and. You know, it wasn't in the children's best interest that their new half-sibling and the new common-law partner get sick. Dad's position was that he's a kindergarten teacher. So, by the way, so is mom. Mom's also a teacher. And that there's lots of educators in his family, that everyone's going back anyway in his family, and that the kids should go back to school in person. So those are the facts that the judge had to decide on. Yeah. Interesting, but slightly different than our case last week. So, Bill, what happened here? What, the judges usually have what they call a discussion. So what's a discussion when you see it in a, a court case like this? What's, what's the judge signaling at this point? Well, uh, Russ, it, it, it raised an interesting question uh, for me. Um, and uh, it, the question is, uh, with the pandemic happening, does that mean that every decision a parent makes now is a medical decision? Because that's what the mother actually argued. Um, because uh, as Michelle was saying, they divided up 
um, custody, so uh, uh, mom had full control over the medical, but education had to be shared. So she played the card big time and said, look, um, uh, education has now become a medical question, so she gets to decide it. Now, the judge was skeptical and didn't really buy that. Um, and also, the judge didn't really have to because um, of the psychological element. Because uh, even though mom had control over medical, if there was anything psychological about that, psychological treatment, that had to be agreed on by both uh, parents. And once again, we're seeing um, a judge saying, you know what? Keeping a kid out of class, out, away from their friends, away from the herd, if I may use that term, actually uh, can cause psychological trauma. And so for that reason, um, even though it was medical, dad had to agree, he didn't, and that's why they ended up in court. Yeah, and it's you know sad you're having a complete stranger who's never met, will probably never meet the kid, uh, decide this matter. Uh, Nafisa, the bar both parties mounted some arguments with respect to this case. What were they and what's your takeaway? So the mom's arguments um, were that uh, she wanted the children to uh, go back um, for virtual learning um, because she said that the risks to return to school were, um, were really great. Um, you know, her partner here is immunocompromised. Um, there, he has significant illnesses. These are serious. There was evidence of this um, uh, provided in terms of um, affecting um, his lungs if, if, he were to obtain, if he were to get a COVID as well as uh, an inability to fight uh, infections, which were quite serious. So I think it was really important in this case, um, there was uh, substantial evidence that was provided by mom to show what the impact of COVID-19 would be on her spouse. Um, the other issue would be uh, her 15 month old baby, as um, Michelle had stated, uh, mom was extremely worried uh, about the risks to the baby. Um, and that's why the mom's position was virtual learning. Uh, the dad's position was a return to in-person learning. Um, his views was that uh, the, the Ministry of Education um, took measures. Um, he uh, was confident in those measures that were taken um, to, to keep the children healthy and safe. And his views were that the social, um, psychological, and developmental benefits of in-person attendance would outweigh these risks um, that the mother had um, had voiced um, in her position. So those are the two um, positions um, that was uh, brought forth by the, uh, by the parties. And the judge, what was the judge's take on those positions? So the judge's conclusion um, was that um, he was actually persuaded by the mother's positions uh, and arguments. Um, and in this case, I think what the judge uh, really uh, relied on was that these children, they were gifted, strong students, um, the parents were both teachers, so um, his view was that the risk that um, the spouse um, and the baby um, of contracting COVID-19 were um, very a great risk and uh, that there was an option available um, in that the risk to um, force these children back to school was an unnecessary one. So it was his view that, um, you know, th this was a case where um, uh, virtual uh, learning would meet the needs of the children and would be in their best interest in this case. Yeah, and I would just note the judge did have a final comment. You could see the litigation starting to heat up here between these parents because they were both making submissions regarding the time sharing schedule, right? They wanted to tweak the existing arrangement. And the, the court in this decision and just about every other pandemic decision 
encourages the parties to act reasonably and quickly, reduce the conflict, and resolve matters outside of the court system. Mm -hmm. So Justice Somers doesn't actually revisit the issue of the parenting schedule, uh, encourage the parties to walk away and work that issue out on their own, uh, which is a common theme that we see. So let's just have a general discussion of this case. It's like the Chase decision, but it's different factually. Um, and last week we were talking how the facts are gonna drive this case. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you think the court got this one right? I do, and I think that even though um, these decisions uh, didn't really overlap, the judges you know, weren't hearing it at the same time or they didn't have the benefit of having these cases at the same time, they really decided it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And I think that is step one, is the kids should go back to school unless there are these exceptions. Right. And in Chase, they were very clear if there were medical issues, strong medical issues, then the courts would have made a different decision. And I think mom was really smart in not just putting forward that there were issues, but actually getting medical evidence to support right. the decision. And we didn't have that in Chase. You know, dad yeah. was unrepresented. We'd talked about if he had counsel, we'd probably be taking a close look at everybody's medical condition. Uh, and maybe that's what happened here. An interesting takeaway for me is, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in any of this, but we always hear that young children or children are um, not going to be affected the way adults are by the virus. But I guess there must be an age where infants are and young children aren't. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of litigation we say, you know, 18 month old is vulnerable. 36 month old is not, you know, where the cutoff point is there. Absolutely. Where uh, do we draw the line, you know, who's more at risk? Right. And it leaves some gray area, right? Because oftentimes there's young children and older children in the same home. You have blended families, um, such as the case here. Bill, any teaching moments for the family bar or parents from this decision? I, I think so, Russ. I mean, uh, number one, uh, based on, on the this decision, I would not argue that because we have a pandemic, every decision is now medical. Um, I don't think I'd try that. And, um, and the other thing that, that I think is interesting, and as we've said, I mean, uh, there, there's a, a guy here with a serious health problem, lungs, uh, can't fight infection. And that, I think that's what you need for, for, for these cases to stop a kid from going. Like it can't just be a general fear. There has to be a specific issue, and this guy certainly had it. And, and, and not just that, um, he, wasn't, you know, he wasn't just uh, talking the talk, he was walking the walk. He actually didn't see his own kids. He had some other kids older in Montreal. He took the precaution of not seeing them, so it's not like he's out at the bar all the time and pretending to be afraid. I mean, this is real. Yeah. That's an interesting comment. I'm wondering, you know, if there's gonna be some gray area in terms of how long that relationship needs to be in place uh, before we're going to consider that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is the parent going to go find somebody uh, physically compromised or with asthma to avoid return to school, or is it need to re I, or does it need to be a relationship of some substance, right? Meeting somebody, that, meeting somebody a week ago when the other parent brings it up would be suspect. So you could go into a nursing home and make, make friends with somebody and bring, this is my new partner. Maybe a hospital, I, I don't know if that would be. Um, that would be dirty pool. Yeah. So. I think judges would see past that. I, I, I think so. I have full uh, faith in, in, this, in the judges. But it's a good idea. 
<laughs> it's a litigation strategy yeah. that's not going to work, but <laughs> it, there's a gray area there, right? Absolutely. It's like, I never thought of it. If it's a relationship where perhaps they're not living together, but they've been dating for five or six months, do the best interests of the children trump that parent's right to have a relationship with a new partner, or is the new partner got to stay out of the picture? It's a really interesting issue. Yeah. Nafisa, how does this decision dis differ than the case we talked about last week, the Chase v. Chase? Well, well, I think it's really important for us to highlight that, um, you know, the facts are very important in each decision. And I think that it's really, um, you know, it's crucial to understand that, you know, what a judge will rule in one um, set of a scenario would not necessarily be the same. So the Chase case is quite different. Um, and, and it's because of this medical aspect where the spouse in this case is immunocompromised and there's a young baby here. There's a severe threat here um, for um, if this person contracts COVID, um, it's lethal. So I think that that's the main difference. Um, but again, I really do stress that every case has uh, its own uh, set of facts and it's important to kind of analyze it based on your facts that's very individualized in terms of the outcomes that are coming out it's a novel situation and um, we're still learning and that's what we're seeing from the jurisprudence coming out of quebec they're several months ahead of us they sent their kids back to school earlier and same kind of idea right it's going to turn on health and the risk to either the child or the immediate family members yeah. Michelle, what advice do you have for parents struggling and sometimes disagreeing about returning their children to in-person education moving forward? In light of these, you know, if you're a layperson, it looks like competing decisions, right? One family is ordered to send their child back in person, the other family uh, with some teachers is, order, is allowed not to. Again, it's always try to resolve it yourself, do your best because you are in the best position to make uh, decision that's in the best interest of your child, not a judge. Judges, lawyers, we try our best, we do our best. But things I think that um, regular people don't realize is these motions are an hour. That's all it is. So when you really break it down, that's 20 minutes for you, 20 minutes for the opposing party, 20 minutes for the judge. Um, in this case, dad was unrepresented. Maybe if he had a lawyer, his lawyer, as we've talked about, may um, have brought up different issues that may have helped him. But in 20 minutes, it's really hard for a judge to make a decision that's going to be, um, that works for everyone. So do your best, you know, work collaboratively. Um, there are lawyers out there who will help you try to come to a resolution that works for everyone. And that's a great point. Even um, on a motion, you're going to have competing affidavits and competing stories. And the judge is going to have to decide who they're gonna, what evidence they're going to accept in a very short period of time without being fully tested by having a trial or cross-examination. Absolutely. Yeah. Bill, final thoughts, takeaways here? Well, again, I, I think you're right. It, it's a case-by-case case thing, and the fact that there was a serious medical problem here, I think, was what, what carried the day. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Nafisa, final thoughts or comments for our viewers or listeners? Um, yeah, my final thoughts is it's a, it's a difficult, difficult decision um, to make um, and, and we're struggling. I mean, I'm a parent to my family struggling about this uh, as well, um, but I agree with Michelle, like the best people to make this decision are, are you and your spouse and, and leaving it up to a judge, you're really, um, you know, you're not factoring in um, that 
personal aspect. You know your children, you have raised your children. Um, you are in the best position. Empower yourselves and make those decisions because they, they coming from you, I, I think that it's important that uh, you, know, you focus on, on what's in their best interest and, and reduce the conflict between the parents. Um, the judge in this case did say that you know uh, these children are embroiled in this conflict. You know their their lives are are, are very difficult right now, and now um, with with this added stress, it's it's really it's really difficult for the children. Um, so bringing it back to a focus on what is in the best interest of the children is really not to be not for their parents to be fighting this out in court. And that's a great point. You're the ones who are going to have to put your shoes, your, the kids' hat, their mitts on, and send them off to school. And kids are smart. If there's a conflict between mom and dad or there's stress in the home, that's just going to lead to their anxiety when they go to school if, if both parents aren't behind the decision. Um, parents are scared. You know, lots of people, this is normal to be scared. People want to protect their family and their children. You know, they're talking about a second wave and potentially further lockdowns in Ontario. So it's completely normal to be nervous and anxious about these decisions and there's no right or wrong decisions. Every family's unique. Michelle, give you uh, the final thought, comment for listeners. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Russ. You know, this has been an ever-evolving situation. So, you know, the decision that parents make today, we may need to make a completely different decision by Christmas. So it's not worth spending the time, the energy, the money, the emotional distress of going to court, getting this motion, getting a decision, that may only be for two or three months if we right. really think about this, right? And you're gonna spend five to $10,000 each. Uh, you can tuck that away into an education fund, save it up for a vacation somewhere warm when this is over. Yeah. Uh, last, thing, <laughs> last thing you wanna do is just um, spend that kind of money and potentially put your child in a situation that neither parent may like. Yeah. Who knows what a court may make an order that both parents dislike Absolutely. and sometimes they do that to discourage from parents returning to court. Well I want to thank my guests today Michelle, Bill and Nafisa. This has been a really important topic for a lot of families in Ontario and across the country. If you've liked our video today you can share it. You can uh, subscribe to our videos. We'll have a comment box at the bottom. You can leave your comments. We'll endeavor to answer everybody's comments at the end of the week. And um, stay safe, and thank you for watching and listening today. <laughs>